your Locked On Avalanche, your daily podcast on the Colorado Avalanche. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, Avalanche fans, welcome to the Locked On Avalanche podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Chris Maselli, with another episode of the podcast dedicated to your Colorado Avalanche. And today we will get into expansion draft and what the Avalanche might have to give up for the draft. And now that we have uh, Devin Taves signed, we pretty much know our roster and we enjoyed that for a day. And like any true fan, we have to think about the future and uh, we can't live in the present. We have to think about next year and what the Avalanche could lose. So we will talk about that. The NHL released their first Super 16 rankings, and then and they have the Avalanche at number two. And I posed the question to Twitter, does the defending champion automatically get number one status until next season begins? So we will talk about that, and we will finally get to our Miko Rantanen poll, which has been, been pushed back and pushed back. Uh, at least me talking about it has been pushed back. The results have been out there, but things have been happening, and uh, we will get to that poll and the results and the comments today. First things first, follow the show on social media outlets. Follow on Twitter, L-O-P-N underscore Avalanche. Follow on Instagram, search for Lockdown Avalanche, and send any questions, comments, concerns, and or opinions to LockdownAvalanche at gmail.com. All right. So like I said, Devin Taves is, and I say Devin and I have to get, I've, I've been hearing Devon Taves, but I have a good friend of mine who goes by the name Devin. So that's how I, whenever I see that name spelled that way, I just say Devin. So I probably will correct it sooner or later, but Devin Taves, he is signed and that pretty much gives us our roster and yeah, I enjoyed it. And, you know, now, like I said, we are thinking about what does this mean for the avalanche and what they have to give up or who they don't protect when it comes to the Seattle Kraken expansion draft? It throws a big wrinkle into it. It really does. Um, and for, you know, to, to revisit it for those that maybe don't know or, or forgot how it works, there's two ways you can protect players when it comes to the expansion draft. You can either protect Seven seven forwards, three defensemen, and a goalie, or eight skaters and a goalie. Either way, it's got to be a goalie. So if you do the seven, three, and one, you get an extra player, then opposed to doing just the eight skaters and a goalie. So let's take a look at that. So if the Avalanche were to protect seven forwards, three defensemen, and a goalie, let's get the goalie out of the way. In either one of these scenarios, Philip Grubauer, in all likelihood, unless he just has a complete dud of a season, will be the one that they hold, will be the one that they freeze. And that we should say that before starting out on this too. We do have the benefit of, of playing another year. So what we say right now is absolutely a fluid situation and could change and probably will change many times throughout the year. And who I pick is kind of based on that based on how I think the season will play out because who you have right now 
is kind of based on what they've done in the past, understandably so. But I'm trying to really be mindful and forward thinking of how some of these guys will play out the season and maybe they don't freeze them and unprotect them for the taking with the Kraken. And once Seattle takes one guy in the avalanche, that's it. That book is closed. They can't just keep picking guys off of our roster. So if they did the seven forward three defenseman route with the defenseman, you know that they are going to keep Kale McCarr. Eric Johnson, that's the name that everybody is kind of getting uh, excited about because Eric Johnson has a no trade clause. And guys that have that, you have to keep them. You have no option. So he soaks up one of those defenseman slots immediately unless he agrees to be put out there for the Kraken to take. And he might do that one of two ways. He might be bought out by the Avalanche, which is a possibility. Or the Avs could say, can he be included in one of the 19 teams that you agree to go to and put him out there? And because of his age and because of his contract being $6 million, the Kraken might say, we don't want him. And the Avs can keep him that way. It's a little bit risky because you do stand the chance of losing him, but they could do that. So in this scenario, we will say that he does not waive his trade clause, so you would have to keep him. So that leaves McCarr, Johnson, and who's your third? You would either do Gerard, Graves, or Taves. I mean, I mean, if you do, you have to assume how Taves is going to play next year. Say he plays well. You keep him and then you would give up or you would put on the market Gerard and Graves possibility of losing one of those two guys. They have really good contracts. So that's the, that's the dilemma that we have right now. Now for the forwards, <clears throat> you know, they're keeping the big line, you know, they're keeping Landis Gog, McKinnon, Rantanen. There's three. So you need four more. You're probably going to keep Burkowski. That's four. You're probably going to keep Kadri. That is five. For me, I would keep, and I would keep cover, and you would be giving up Calvert, guys like Calvert, Donskoy, Nachuskin, who, Cal, the, the reason why I wouldn't keep Calvert is Calvert will be 32, I believe, at the time, and Comfer is 25 now, so his birthday's in April, so he'll be 26 at the time. He scores a little bit more than Calvert. So I think his value to the Avalanche is a little bit more than Calvert. So I wouldn't keep Calvert for that reason. They're, they're, Calvert makes a little bit less than Comfort does, but the, the money side of it really isn't that big of a deal because they're not that far apart on the money side of it. But I just, I think Comfort, I don't know. I just like his game a little bit more than Calvert in terms of keeping him and freezing him. Obviously, you're not going to keep Jost. He'll be up. Uh, you're not going to, you know, keep O'Connor, Tynan. I'm just looking at their roster right now. So the guys you could possibly lose, and when I say lose, Seattle take them. Maybe Belmar, but I don't think they would really take him. Calvert's always a possibility. Donskoy, Jost, Nachuskin. Nachuskin might be the big one if they wanted to take someone off of our hands. But I feel confident that they wouldn't take any of those guys. Because if you have Gerard, Graves, or Taves up, they're probably going to take one of those guys, would be my guess. 
Now, on the other hand, if you did the eight skaters, and the reason why you would teams might adopt that is because you have four defensemen that you want to keep. So they put that in play. In that aspect, you would keep then Makar, Johnson. Who's the other two? Would you do Taves and Gerard? Gerard and Graves? Graves or Taves? That should be a line, by the way. <laughs> that would be a really good line. The Graves-Taves line or the Taves-Graves line. Um, me, I think it's going to be very interesting to see how Ryan Graves does this year. He completely overplayed himself last year to the contract that he got. And can he do it again? Remains to be seen. But I wouldn't protect Ryan Graves in this scenario because I'm thinking, and what I'm doing right now is just thinking at the end of next year, I think Graves will have a fine season. He's going to be playing on the line with Kale McCarr, which obviously will benefit him. Can he replicate some of his stats from last year? That's a lot to ask to be a plus 40 again on a season for a guy that really wasn't expected to do that. So I don't know if Ryan Graves can sustain that type of play for next year. And who do I have more faith in to sustain how they're playing? Definitely Sam Gerrard and definitely Taves. So those would be my four guys. Now, if I'm keeping four defensemen, that is. Because the other side of it is who are the four guys that you're take keeping for the forwards? It would be McKinnon, Landeskog, Rantanen. There's your three. You only got one more. Is it Burkowski? Is it Kadri? I would probably think it's one of those two. Man, that's a tough decision. That is a very, very, very tough decision it, between those two because now the other one's available. And you don't want to lose either one of those two guys. I don't know who I would freeze in that situation between Kadri and Perkowski. That's why the season plays out. And if the ads go that route, I think this season will play incredible dividends on who that person would be. What I think is going to happen is the avalanche are going to ask Johnson to, you know, waive the no trade clause and um, go with Makar, obviously Taves. And then you have to pick between Gerard and Graves. Bottom line here is the Avs, in all likelihood could lose a, a very good player and it most likely could be on the defensive end. Now the positive side of this is we have a lot of defenders that are whoever they take, if it's on the defensive end waiting to come in and take that spot. So it will really suck whoever they decide to take, but that's when a new guy steps in like a Bowen Byram who they can't take by the way. So don't worry about that. And I haven't even mentioned Ian Cole. I don't think in any of these scenarios you would freeze Ian Cole. If you really want to get crazy and take a big, big risk, if you go back to the Vegas Golden Knights, the the highest contract that they took in their expansion draft was Jonathan Marchessault at $7 million dollars a year. That was the first year. His has his goes down every year since then. So that was the highest contract they took was $7 million. I am in no way what I'm about to say 
say, do this. I am not saying that at all. I am saying don't do this. But if the avalanche wanted to get crazy and take a huge, massive risk again, which I don't think they are going to do, Miko Rantanen makes 9.25 million. Do you not protect him with the confidence that Seattle doesn't want to take on a contract that high right out of the gate? That is a massive risk. One I don't think the Avalanche are willing to take because Miko Rantanen is a big part of this team. And if you were to lose him, you can't replace that kind of player. You lose someone on the defensive end, yeah, it will stink, but you can you could put somebody in there because you've built up your defense to have somebody come in and replace one of those guys like Gerard or Graves, even though you don't want to lose those guys. You can't replace Miko Rantanen. But would you do something like that? As crazy as that sounds, again, I don't think they're going to do that, but people do crazy things. So uh, this will be a fluid situation, and we will have to keep an eye on it all year long, see how these guys are playing. And we will be revisiting this all year long. There's one thing for sure. We are going to be watching this season whenever it happens in great detail with a lot of reasons that we're watching it so intently. One of them is who are we going to give up? So we will be on this all year long. All right, so let's hear from our good friends at Rock Auto and rockauto.com. And chain stores have different price tiers for professional mechanics and the do-it-yourselfers. Rockauto.com's prices are the same for everybody and are reliably low. Rockauto.com always offers the lowest prices possible rather than charging prices based on what the market will bear, just like the airlines do. Rockauto.com is for everybody and does not require membership or account login. RockAuto.com is a family business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. Go to RockAuto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. Best of all, prices at RockAuto.com are always reliably low and the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers. Why spend up to twice as much for the same parts? Go to RockAuto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Right locked on in the How Did You Hear About Us section so they know we sent you there. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. All right, so I said in the beginning as well that the NHL comes out with their Super 16 power rankings, and they just do 16 teams. I don't know why they don't do the entire league, but whatever. So they came out with their first one, since June, beginning of June, and they have put the Tampa Bay Lightning at number one, and uh, they they were number two before on June fourth, which obviously was there's no games being played then, so they bump up to number one because they they won the title. Colorado is number two, and they were fourth on June fourth. And they have been bumped up to number two. So I put the question up on, on Twitter. Do Are you the type of person that thinks the defending champs are number one until the season starts, until the next season starts? Or do you take into account the offseason, drafts, free agency, trades, and that should play a role in the ranking you know, regardless of who won the championship. 
And if you have that mindset, Tampa Bay, and you feel like Colorado should be number one, Tampa Bay wouldn't have not been number one at all because they were number two on June 4th. So you're basically telling the the, the defending or the, yeah, the defending champions, you're not the best team right now. So it's a good argument to have because some people think, yes, some people think they are the defending champs um, and they are that way until somebody knocks them off. And you can't really argue with that with the exception of, well, what did you do in the offseason? And the Lightning haven't done much. And that's a good thing. And that's a bad thing. They have kept their core intact. Um, so they say here. So let's say I'll, I'll read you what they have on, on NHL.com. So they have one thing that's a hit and one thing that's a miss. So for Tampa Bay, they said the hit, the Stanley Cup champions have kept their core locked up with forward Steven Stamkos, uh, Nikita Kucherov, Victor Hedman, Andre Vasilevsky, each signed for at, least, uh, for at least the next four seasons, and Braden Point is signed for the next two seasons. Their miss, they have yet to sign any of their restricted free agents, including uh, defenseman Mikhail Sergachev and Kevin Shattenkirk, who scored 34 points in 70 games last season, agreed to a three-year deal with the Anaheim Ducks on October 9th. So, yeah, the hit is they have their core locked up. The miss is they haven't really done anything to improve their team. The Avalanche have done that to improve their team, and that's what they say. For their hit, they say they acquired Ford Brendan Saad in a trade from the Blackhawks. Uh, the two-time Stanley Cup champion scored at least 21 goals, blah, blah, blah. Their miss traded defenseman Nikita Zorov to the Blackhawks to acquire Saad. Zorov led the Avalanche in each of the – and hits in each of the last four seasons. That is really scratching and clawing to find a miss for what the Avalanche did this offseason. So while I get the argument <clears throat> the defending champ should be number one, I, I don't I mean if 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 Tampa Bay had signed some guys to at least a couple guys to really just solidify them, then I would have no problem doing that. But for, for this offseason, I feel like what the Colorado Avalanche have done kind of vaults them to the top right now. And call me a homer if you want to call me a homer. But I, I, I don't I just don't like what the Lightning have done in the offseason, which is next to nothing when other teams around them are improving. Would I mean if the Avalanche went went up against the Tampa Bay Lightning right now? I'd have all the confidence in the world we could take them down with the way the teams that they are constructed as they are right now. So I there's some other rankings out there that have the Avalanche at the top. We've talked about how they are the the odds on favorite in Vegas. When it comes to something like like this and just just handing a team like Tampa Bay the number one ranking just because they just won it. And while they, they have taken into account what the Avalanche have done, I get it. So I'm not all that bitter. It's not, and they have Vegas. If I want me to go through like the top 10, they have Vegas at three, Dallas at four, St. Louis at five, Washington at six, Boston at seven, which they had Boston at one, you know, on the fourth. So that, that's an okay drop. Uh, Philadelphia at eight, Islanders at nine, Pittsburgh at 10. So they, they, I think they appreciate and understand what the Avalanche have done. They're just not ready yet to 
anoint them the number one team in their ranking because they're of the mindset that you need to take the champion out. Okay. That, uh, you know, and it really can go either way for me. And, and maybe that is the, the more logical way to go. And if you're the avalanche, that's kind of what you want. You don't want to just be put on top because of some moves you made on paper. And, you know, you haven't put your product out in the ice yet. You want to prove that you've earned that number one spot and how you do that go out, win games, let Tampa Bay do whatever they have to do, but you worry about yourself. And then your your true talent, your true roster, and and your your uh, standings will take care of themselves. And then you should be number one on all these lists. And I think we all expect the Avalanche to do exactly that. So, all right, one more piece of business to get to, and that's the Miko Ranton and Paul. Before we get to that, we are talking about. Not Built Bar. We always talk about Built Bar. We're talking about Built Go, brand new product from Built Bar. And you hear all the time of running into a wall and crashing in the afternoon when the morning coffee wears off somewhere in the afternoon. And Built Go is made for just those people. If you have a mental or physical wall, you can break through it with Built Go every day comes in an easy to take one and a half ounce package. You can put it in your briefcase, in your desk, in your car, wherever it's easy to get to. And it is the best workout pre-workout gel on the market. If you're into running on a treadmill, you can suck down one of these right before you work out and you have a nice burst of energy. It's like a five hour energy without the same crash feeling Plus, it's natural, so it's better for your body. It's like drinking a monster energy drink with a third of the caffeine and better results. Comes in three delicious flavors, peanut butter, honey, chocolate, coconut, and chocolate mint. Go to BuiltGo.com right now. Use the promo code LOCKED, and you will get 20% off of your next order. That promo code is LOCKED, and 20% comes off of your order at BuiltGo.com. All right, the Miko Rantanen poll. We are going to get to this right now. Uh, bring up the Twitter results. And Twitter was pretty convincing over on Twitter. So he he actually got 1% gave him a D slash F. And they didn't call themselves out. So I don't know who it is, so we can't yell at them. 16% said C. 56% said B. And 26% said A. So the B wins it uh, for Miko Ranton. And some of the comments here, Rebecca says he was incredible to start the season, but unfortunately his play really dropped off after his injuries. Still got points thanks to Mac, but I think he fell more than the rest of the team combined. Really hope he can get back to Ranty true, true form in 2021. Uh I, I have to kind of disagree with that. Um, was he the same player? No, but um, he, I, I think, I mean, he got points thanks to Matt. I mean, if you watch him play, he kind of created, yeah, he, he will benefit from Nathan McKinnon, who won't. Uh, but he's a big body guy and he can kind of create points for himself. So did he rely on Mac? I don't think he relied on him, but he definitely would benefit from him. I'll agree with that. But I don't think his play dropped off 
as much as everybody thinks it does. I'll get into the numbers in a second, but uh, I think people just expect so much from him right now um, that what they did in the what he did in the regular season, people were not all that impressed. But I I, I thought cons- everything considering, I thought he had a, a good year. Um, Karen says he fell a bit short in the consistency space. Uh, for me this year, he just didn't seem to be there when we needed him. Hence my C grade. <clears throat> I don't know, Karen. I, I, I want to get to these. I want to read these and then I want to get to these stats because I think he was there uh, with the exception of the games that he missed clearly. But when he was playing, he was a point per game guy. So, all right, let me get through these. And then we'll get to the, the stats. Lothar says besides McKinnon and McCarr, He's my favorite player. He gets an A from me. I just like the guy. He probably was not that good, but it does not matter to me. I am certain he will be in the Hall of Fame. Okay. And then Will says, Miko's my favorite player on the team, but I was disappointed by his play this year, especially considering um, he, I think he has, I think his fingers were typing too quick. That So he was talking about his contract, his largest contract on the team. Uh, he doesn't use his body to protect the puck like he can. Looking for him to have a big year this year. I think he will have an incredible bounce back year. Um, and I don't use the term bounce back like he played bad. It seems like most of the people on here are kind of going off the year that he had in 1819. And because, you know, that was 74 games, he had 87 points. And because of the, the games that he missed this year, I think people are kind of being a little bit hard on him. 42 games played, 19 goals, 22 assists. So that's 41 points in 42 games. The games that, like I said, when he was there, he was he was Miko Rantanen um, in the playoffs. And this is where, you know, you really see that, okay, he was getting back to his own self. 15 games played, seven goals, 14 assists, 21 points. And up until the time they got eliminated, that was second to Nathan McKinnon, who had 25. So I I think, you know, do the injury, did the injuries hurt him? Sure. And the injury that he had, well, the first injury that he had with his foot, I mean, I don't like that stuff. I get like squeamish with that stuff, but I mean, his ankle was turned completely around. It caught a divot in the ice, turned completely around. So um, the fact that he just came back from that at all, pretty impressive. And I do. I think he. I think he had a good season, considering, not a full season by any stretch of the imagination. For to say forty-one games. So, yeah. I mean, if you want to dock him for the injuries, I, I guess you go ahead and do that. But I, I, I can't. I mean, he's injured. What are you going to do? Rate him on when he was there. How was he playing? And what was it? The first game he came back from that injury. Didn't he have a four-point game on, on his first game back from that first injury? So he he's I I would give him because because of the injuries and not playing a full season and and not getting like a full stat sheet I would probably bump him down to a B a solid B because when he was there he was basically a point per game guy and in the playoffs look what you got in the playoffs twenty one points in fifteen games that's Miko Rantanen <clears throat> so. Uh, yeah, but I think next year he is he's itching to go. I think he's itching to get back on the ice and really kind of show everybody. I think I think he could be 
like the Leon Dreisaitl to Nathan McKinnon's Connor McDavid. I think he's up for a, a very big season. So who do we have? I think our last one is coming up, and it is another guy who's no longer on the team. Let me see here. Yeah. This is our final one, ladies and gentlemen. Nikita Zadorov. So like Matt Nieto, even though he is no longer on the team, he was last year, and that's what we're ranking, and that's what we're grading. So uh, Nikita Zadorov, and please don't give him a grade based on that he's no longer on the team. Focus it on his last year as a Colorado Avalanche. So that will go up. It's up. You know, I'm going to put it up right now. As soon as we finish up this show, I'll put it up right now. So it'll be up now when you're listening to this. And uh, we'll, we'll get to his vote and ranking for tomorrow's show. So, okay, that will be it for today, everybody. Thank you for tuning in and definitely check out Locked On NHL uh, for today's show. Myself and Adam Denker from Locked On Lightning are hosting the Thursday edition, so you can catch me over there. I'll listen to that every day for any updates on what's going on around the NHL. And, yeah, thank you for tuning in each and every day here. Please leave feedback wherever you listen. If possible, it definitely helps. And uh, follow me, like I said, LOPN underscore Avalanche on the uh, the show Twitter page, Locked on Avalanche on Instagram, or Locked on Avalanche at gmail.com to send me any emails. All right, everybody. Thank you for tuning in. Go, Abs, go.